This is Law for Community Workers on the Go, a podcast for community and health workers. We would like to begin by acknowledging that this episode was recorded and made on Gadigal land. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay our respects to elders past and present. We acknowledge that this is Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. When young drivers do have their licence suspended because of demerit points, for example, I think a lot of them don't really understand how they can appeal against that suspension, or they may have some idea that they can appeal, but they don't really know how to go about it. It seems a scary process because it involves court. They don't really know who to go to for advice about that. So there are, unfortunately, some young people who just keep driving, even though they are suspended because they need their licence, they need to get to work, they need to drive around family members or whatever. So they keep driving and maybe they don't understand, again, that the consequences of being caught driving while suspended are quite serious. But the main type of suspension that young people will be dealing with is a demerit point suspension. You do get notice of it. You do get the opportunity to appeal. And until the appeal is dealt with in court, the suspension doesn't kick in. We've done lots of licence suspension appeals for a lot of young people over the years. And mostly they've been successful, at least in getting the suspension period reduced quite substantially. Hello, my name is Kerry Wright and I work in the Community Legal Education Team at Legal Aid New South Wales. My guest for this episode is Jane Sanders from the Shopfront Youth Legal Centre. I hope you enjoy our conversation about traffic law and what young people need to know if they end up with a driver licence suspension or disqualification. We also talk about what to do with traffic fines and police powers if you get asked to pull over. As Jane says, it's such an important topic for young people as being able to legally drive on their own represents independence and can be crucial for getting and keeping a job as well as helping their family. So let's hear what Jane has to say. So first, Jane, can you tell us about the shop front? The Shopfront Youth Legal Centre is a free legal service for young people aged 25 and under, and particularly for young people who are homeless or who are experiencing complex needs. So they may have mental health issues, unresolved trauma and factors like that. So we're based in Darlinghurst in the inner city of Sydney and we take referrals from a whole range of youth services all over Sydney. We are funded jointly by Mission Australia, the Salvation Army and the pro bono program of Herbert Smith Freehills. And what does a typical day look like for you and your team there? At the moment, it's a bit different because of the COVID restrictions, but a typical day would usually revolve around going to court. Um, We have four lawyers and we appear in courts all over Sydney, mostly local courts, also children's court district, sometimes Supreme, defending young people on a whole range of criminal charges, including traffic matters, which is why we're here today. Also advising young people who are victims of crime, making victims' compensation applications, dealing with a whole lot of phone calls, which might be young people or youth workers looking for legal advice or or legal information. 
Other things we do include community legal education. So we might be doing presentations or talks, also producing fact sheets, which you'll find on our website. So a typical day involves a mixture of all of those things. Mm. And as you mentioned, the focus of this episode is young people and traffic law. Why is this an important topic for young people? Well, for a lot of young people, having a licence and being able to drive represents independence, which is really important. For some, it's also crucial for them to be able to get a job. And young people are really quite vulnerable when it comes to driving and traffic because if they do have a licence, they're going to be on their L's or their P's. And it really doesn't take very much for them to accrue demerit points or for their licence to be suspended. There are a whole lot of extra rules which apply to learner and provisional drivers for good reason, to try to make sure that young, inexperienced drivers are driving safely. So it is really important that not only that they understand the special rules that apply to them, but also that they know what to do if they do get a speeding fine, for example, if they get too many demerit points, if they get their licence suspended. It's really important that they know what to do about it because if they leave it, get suspended, get caught driving while suspended, then things can really escalate and they can find themselves off the road for quite a long time. So what do you find there at the shop front that young people don't seem to know when they get their L's or their P's? I think some of them don't understand that there are special restrictions such as the kind of car you're allowed to drive, you can't drive sort of hotted up high-powered vehicles. Sometimes they may not be aware of the speed limits that apply to learner and P drivers. But even if they are aware of the rules, I think... Some young people don't really understand the the consequences, particularly we find with learner drivers. We have a lot of young people come to us. They've been busted for being an unaccompanied learner. So I think young people sometimes don't understand the consequences of being a learner driver on their own without a fully licensed driver supervising them in the passenger seat. What I think some of them don't understand is that the fine for that offence is really very heavy and it also can come with an automatic three-month on-the-spot suspension. So I think that's something that a few learner drivers find out the hard way. Also, when young drivers do have their licence suspended because of demerit points, for example, I think a lot of them don't really understand how they can appeal against that suspension or that they may have some idea that they can appeal, but they don't really know how to go about it. It seems a scary process because it involves court. They don't really know who to go to for advice about that. So there are, unfortunately, some young people who just keep driving, even though they are suspended because they need their licence, they need to get to work, they need to drive around family members or whatever. So they keep driving and maybe they don't understand, again, that the consequences of being caught driving while suspended are quite serious. So most traffic penalties are fines, but some require going to court to get further penalties. What are those? 
Well, the sort of offences that don't usually go to court are things like speeding, that would be the most obvious, going through a red light, driving in a bus lane, unaccompanied learner usually will be dealt with by an on-the-spot fine. The kinds of offences that usually have to go to court involve things like driving while suspended, driving while unlicensed, so you don't have any licence at all. If it's your first offence ever of driving while unlicensed, then often that can be a fine. But if you've been dealt with for that sort of offence before, it would go to court. Driving while disqualified, which means you've already been to court for a traffic offence before and you're off the road as a result of that, that's an offence that always has to go to court. Most kinds of drink driving offences have to go to court. There are very low range drink driving, which some people can get an on-the-spot fine for, although I think if you're a, a learner or a pea-plater, generally you would always have to go to court for drink driving offences. Then there's more serious things like driving recklessly or dangerously. Those would be the main kind of offences that have to go to court. Mm. So you talked about drink driving. There's also drug driving these days as well. That's right. So there's an offence called driving with drug in oral fluid. So the police have got powers now, the same as random breath testing for alcohol. They can do random drug testing so they can pull you over for no reason and ask you to do an oral fluid test, which is just taking a swab of saliva. And if you have even a tiny amount of a drug, typically it's going to be cannabis, that's the most, or THC, that's the most common one they find. Even a small amount, even if it's not affecting your driving, you can still be guilty of that offence. Now, again, I think that offence can also now be dealt with by an on-the-spot fine, at least for a first offence, but most people who are dealt with for that offence still have to go to court. So if the young person's under 18, are these offences dealt with in the children's court? That's a really good question. The law says that if you're old enough to have a licence, you're old enough to be treated as an adult if you commit traffic offences. So usually if you are 16 or over, that means that you actually will be going to an adult court, even if you don't have a licence and have never had a licence. But once you're 16, you can get your L's, at least for, for driving a car. For a motorbike, actually, you can't get your L's till you're 16 and nine months. So if you're just 16 and you're busted riding around on a motorbike without a licence, you're actually not old enough to have a licence for a motorbike. So if you had to go to court, it would be the children's court. But if you were 16 driving around in a car, then mostly you would actually have to go to the adult court being the local court. The exception is if you're also charged with criminal offences that are linked. So for example, you get pulled over by the police in a stolen car, you're driving a stolen car and you're 16 or 17, that offence of driving a stolen car would always have to go to the children's court. So if you also happen to be unlicensed, speeding, drink driving as well, or driving, you know, recklessly or dangerously, the whole lot would go to the children's court. But if it's just driving offences and you're old enough to have a licence, then you have to go to the adult court. The adult court, though, it has a choice 
of using adult penalties or they can use the sentencing options that are available in the Children Criminal Proceedings Act. So what do you say to young people what they should do if they get a fine, a traffic offence fine? Well, the first thing is don't ignore it, but every situation is different. So if we get a young person contacting us and they've got a traffic fine, one of the first things we'll try to work out is whether they're actually guilty of the offence. Do they agree that they were speeding, say, more than 30 k's over the limit? Do we think they're guilty of the offence? If we think that they're really not guilty of the offence or there's a really good chance of beating it, we would assist them to request a review or if it was a situation where you're the owner, registered owner of a car and it's a camera detected offence and so you get the fine sent to you because you're the owner but you weren't actually driving, then you have to send in a statutory declaration nominating who the driver actually was. So we'll advise our clients about doing that. If it's something where we think or the young person thinks it's not them or they're not guilty, we would assist them to ask for a review or to maybe court-elect and have the case heard by a court. There might also be situations where they might want to court-elect or seek a review even though they have committed the offence. There might be extenuating circumstances, but otherwise we would be advising them to deal with the fine. Most of the young people who come to us for advice can't afford to pay fines, so we would help them get onto a work and development order or something similar. Mm. Okay. We'll put some information in the show notes for this episode about fines and uh, work and development orders. So, Jane, you were also saying that depending on the offence, the young person may end up with a licence suspension. What does that mean and when does that occur? So... Most licence suspensions that young people get are because of demerit points. Now, if you're a full licence holder, you've got 13 demerit points. If you're on your L's or your red P's, you have only got four demerit points to lose within a three-year period. If you're on your green P's, you've got up to seven points. Any speeding offence, even a really minor one, speeding less than 10 k's over the limit, is going to get you four demerit points. So if you're on your L's or your red P's, one very, very minor speeding fine will mean demerit points and a suspension. Now, what happens with that sort of scenario, if it's a demerit point suspension, once you have either paid the fine or dealt with it, if you've paid the fine, or if you haven't paid it after you've got the fine and the reminder notice and a few weeks, it then goes to Revenue New South Wales for enforcement. So when you've either paid it or you've ignored it and it's gone for enforcement, then Roads and Maritime Services, or I think they're calling themselves Transport for New South Wales, I'll just call them the RMS, the RMS will send you out a suspension letter. So they'll send you a letter saying, okay, you've accrued four demerit points for these offences, your licence will be suspended from, say, the 6th of September 2021. So they generally give you about a month's notice and you have right of appeal and you have 28 days to lodge that appeal against the licence suspension and you, you lodge that appeal at a local court. So that's how a suspension works in most cases. Sometimes you can also get 
suspensions, not because of demerit points, but because of the actual offence. Common one I think I referred to was being an unaccompanied learner. Another common one that people can get suspended for is speeding more than 45 k's over the limit. Other things that you can get suspended for when you get a fine is if it's a low-level drink driving or drug driving offence, you can get a licence suspension. Now, sometimes those suspensions can be instant on-the-spot suspensions by police. So if you get pulled over for speeding more than 45 k's over the limit or for drink driving, your licence could be suspended on the spot. You can still appeal against that kind of suspension, but it is a lot harder to succeed because you've got to show the court that there are exceptional circumstances why the suspension should be overturned. But the main type of suspension that young people will be dealing with is a demerit point suspension. You do get notice of it. You do get the opportunity to appeal. And until the appeal is dealt with in court, the suspension doesn't kick in. We've done lots of licence suspension appeals for a lot of young people over the years. And mostly they've been successful, at least in getting the suspension period reduced quite substantially. Mm. So what would your advice be to a, a worker with young people or a young person listening to this episode if they do get one of those suspension letters or an automatic suspension? Try to get legal advice if you can. Now, even though the shopfront is mainly a service for homeless and disadvantaged young people, we will give advice to young people who are not in that category because we recognise that most young people can't afford a private lawyer and legal aid might not always have the capacity or ha have enough capacity to give advice on these sorts of, of issues. So we're happy to give advice to young people who contact us about mm -hmm. licence suspensions. They may also be able to get advice via Marrickville Legal Centre, for example. They have a youth legal service, which is statewide, so a young person could also contact them for advice. So definitely try to get legal advice. If you can't get legal advice, then have a look at the Shopfront's traffic fact sheets on our website. There's one about licence suspension and appeals, which will explain a little bit about the process. Law Access also has quite a lot of material on licence suspension. There's also Legal Aid and Law Access have a guided pathway where you can click on some links and get taken through your options in different kind of scenarios. But I think legal advice is a great idea, but a licence suspension appeal is actually not that difficult for somebody to lodge themselves. It's a very simple form. It's not that hard. So um, with those serious traffic offences that you talked about, I assume a young person can lose their licence for a long time. What happens after that? I should just say a word here about the difference between suspension and disqualification because we hear both of those terms quite a lot and they can sound very similar. I mean, both of them mean you lose your licence. So suspension is what happens when you get too many demerit points or, you know, caught speeding and or things like that. Suspension means that once the suspension is over, in most cases you automatically get your licence back. It's not like permanently cancelled and then you have to go for your licence all over again. So suspension is usually a temporary thing. Whereas if you have to go to court for a serious traffic offence, if you're found guilty and 
the court records a formal conviction. In a lot of those cases, you will get an automatic disqualification or the court can impose a disqualification. Disqualification means that any licence that you have got is cancelled, right, and also that you are not allowed to, you're prohibited from having a licence or applying for a licence for a certain period of time. So once the disqualification period is over, even if it's only three months or six months, your licence doesn't automatically just get reinstated again like if it was suspended. You have to actually approach Service New South Wales and apply for your licence again. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to start at square one and do your knowledge test and do all your hours and go through the whole process, but you will have to reapply for your licence and you will have to pay a fee. In some cases, you might need to do the driver knowledge test again. If you've been disqualified for years and years and years and you haven't had had your licence for several years, you may have to do the tests again. But the important thing is if you've been to court for a traffic offence and you've been disqualified, you can't just start driving again after the disqualification is over. You have to contact Service New South Wales and apply for your licence again. Mm. So the, the disqualification periods, they're very, very different for different offences. For a, a drink driving charge for a relatively minor one. For a first offence, you could be looking at somewhere between three months and 12 months off the road. For more serious ones, like driving under the influence or high range drink driving, you could be looking at between one and three years off the road. For things like driving in a manner dangerous or avoiding police pursuits, offences like that, you can be looking at three years or five years if it's a second offence. So mm -hmm. the good news is that for offences like driving while suspended and driving while disqualified, the disqualification periods are actually a lot less than they used to be. Until 2017, they were ridiculous. You could get into this spiral of driving while suspended, driving while disqualified, and the disqualifications would just stack up on top of each other. And we had young people who, by the time they turned 18, they were already disqualified till they were 25. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they turned 21, they were already disqualified till they were about 50. It was crazy. But the law has changed. The law changed in 2017. And now the disqualification periods are actually a lot more reasonable. So in most cases, even if you do get disqualified for quite a fair chunk of time, you don't have to lose hope of ever getting your licence ever again. I'm just thinking even with the licence suspension, do people, should they wait till they get a letter that says your suspension has finished or make a note on their own calendar and their phone? Yeah, with a suspension, I think, yeah, make a note on your own calendar. I'm not sure if you get a letter to say your suspension's finished, but I think when you think that the suspension is over or should be over, contact Service New South Wales or you may be able to go online if you've got an account with them and just find out if the suspension's over. In some cases with young people with demerit point suspension, they might require you to do the driver knowledge test again before they lift 
the suspension. Mm. Also, if you've got unpaid fines, so if you haven't paid your traffic fines or your train fines or whatever and you haven't put them on a WDO or, or done something about it, you also could find that your licence is suspended because of your unpaid fines as well. So just make sure if you think your suspension's over, yeah, just double check that it actually is over mm. and you can drive again. So um, let's go back to the young people going to court. What are your tips for young people to prepare for their day in court? Can they get legal help before or on the day? Ah, uh, yes. So if you're going to the children's court, definitely you can. Um, there's always uh, legal aid is provided for every young person appearing at the children's court. There's no means test or anything. If you're going to an adult court, the legal aid situation is a little bit more complex. Usually legal aid does not um, appear for people in traffic cases unless there's a real risk of imprisonment, which for most traffic offences there isn't. But if there's exceptional circumstances, legal aid will help you at court. And one of the things that can amount to exceptional circumstances is being under 18. So if you are under 18 and you're going to an adult court for a traffic offence, some local courts, you can just rock up and see the duty solicitor on the day. If you were going to the Downing Centre, for example, you put your name down, see legal aid. Make sure you tell them that you're under 18 and point that out. Yes, they should be able to read your court papers and work out that you're under 18, but just point it out so they don't have to do the maths. Lawyers are not good at maths. Some courts, you can't just rock up and see a duty solicitor on the day. You have to actually make an appointment with the local legal aid office for an advice session. So the best idea is contact your local legal aid office. Remember to tell them that you're under 18, because if you say traffic, they'll often say, oh, no, we can't appear for you. Make it known that you're under 18 and you should be able to at least book in for an advice session. I know that some people listening to this podcast will be still young people, but over 18, they might be young adults or youth workers working with young adults. So they may not be able to get legal aid, but they could approach a service like the Shopfront, possibly Marrickville Legal Centre, or they might have to represent themselves. If you're representing yourself, try to get some legal advice if you can. Because you might think you're guilty of the offence, but you're actually not guilty or you might have been charged with the wrong offence or something and a lawyer can maybe identify that and advise you what to do about it. Or you might actually think that you're not guilty and the lawyer says, yeah, nah, sorry, mate, I don't think you've actually got a defence. You might want to think about pleading guilty. If you are pleading guilty, the court is going to want to know why did you do it? a little bit about you, your personal situation. And they also really want some kind of assurance that you're not going to do it again or that you're taking steps to try to minimise the chances that you're going to re-offend. So the court's going to want to know a bit about your personal situation. What do you do? Where do you live? Do you live anywhere or are you homeless? Do you have family? Do you have a job? How much do you earn? Have you got mental health issues? Have you got a disability? What is your situation? What was happening when you got caught drink driving or driving while suspended? Why did you get suspended? Why were you driving when you weren't allowed to? Did you have to take your pregnant sister to hospital because her water's just broken, nobody else could take her? Or were you desperate to drive because you were going to lose your job? Why did you do it? 
And also, what are you doing to try to make sure that you're not going to do this sort of thing again? Something that the courts really like, and this can apply if you're charged with an offence or also if you have your licence suspended and you're doing a licence suspension appeal, a lot of magistrates really like it when young people go and do a traffic offender program. So traffic offender intervention programs, they are run all over the state at different places, often at PCYCs or at community centres. These traffic offender programs aim to help teach people a little bit more about road safety, remind people about the road rules and the laws that apply to them when they're driving, teach them a little bit more about the impact of alcohol and other drugs. So if you are a young person going to court, it's a really good idea to do a traffic offender program and you can refer yourself to them. They're quite easy to find details of them online and there is a fee involved, but it's usually not crippling if you're in financial hardship, I think you you can get a discount on those. So I would definitely recommend that people consider doing that. Thanks, Jane. So I'd now like to just briefly touch on the topic of police powers, particularly as they relate to young people when they're pulled over by the police. So what are your top tips for those situations? Top tips always are to be polite with the police, but that doesn't always mean that you should just give them everything they want and answer any question they ask. Important thing to know is police can pull you over anytime if you're driving or, you know, you're riding a motorbike or whatever, they can pull you over for a random breath test or a random drug test pretty much whenever they want. If they have pulled you over for that reason, then obviously comply with the breath test. They also can ask for your licence and you've got to show it to them. So you need to carry your licence with you, you know, whether it's the old-fashioned card or whether you've got a digital licence on your phone, you, you need to carry it with you. So you do need to give them those basic details. In some situations, police can ask you other sorts of questions if there's been an accident or crash. There are some situations where they can ask you for other information and you do have to tell them. But in those kinds of situations where you actually have to answer their questions, they have to warn you. So normally with police, you have a right to silence, meaning you don't have to answer their questions apart from maybe basic details like your name and address. If it is a situation where you actually have to tell them stuff, they've got to warn you about that first. Sometimes the police will use those um, random breath test powers as a pretext. They're not really interested in breathalyzing you at all. They just want to pull you over just to have a sticky beak and have a chat to you about what's going on. That's actually not a lawful reason to pull you over. So if they're pulling you over, not for a good reason, even if they do a breath test and it turns out to be negative and you haven't committed any other traffic offences, then you're entitled to leave. They can't just keep you there on the side of the road firing questions at you about where you've been and who you're with and have you got any drugs in your car and do you mind popping the boots so they can search it. So just beware of them using those RBT powers as a way of trying to find out more information and as a pretext to search your car because they can't just 
do that at random. They've got to have reasonable grounds to do that. So what would the young person say to the police officer? Uh, it's really difficult. It's yeah. so hard. But I think the young person would have to say, am I free to leave now? Mm-hmm. Something like that. I've done the breath test. Am I now free to go? Or do I have to answer this question? Or if the police officer is asking, do you mind if we search your car? I think as politely as you can, well, do I have to? Or, well, yes, I do mind actually. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult because the power imbalance is huge and you're also scared and nervous. It's really, really hard to respond to that situation. So, Jane, um, what are your key messages for workers who may know young people with licence troubles who are listening to this episode? I think encourage the young person to get some legal advice if they can. Encourage the young person to do something about it and not just to ignore it and try to give the young person some hope that there are things you can do about it. If you get your licence suspended for demerit points and you're a learner or a P-plater, there's every chance that if you appeal against that suspension, that it could be reduced quite substantially or you could even get rid of the suspension altogether. So, um, yeah, I think the message is don't ignore it. There are things you can do and let's try to do something about it together. Mm. The Shopfront have a lot of plain English legal information fact sheets on your website for workers with young people and traffic's one set of the topics. What are some of the other topics you've got up there? Oh, the other topics, they're mostly criminal law topics. There are a few about police powers. There's one about acting as a support person at the police station, which is a really important one for youth workers. There's a bunch of things about criminal procedure, bail, sentencing, witnesses. That's another common question we get a lot from young people who have been asked to make a statement to the police. So not people who are actually suspects or who are charged with offences, but who might be witnesses or victims or whatever, and they want to know what their rights are. We've got fact sheets about victims of crime And again, other things for youth workers like confidentiality, the working with children check, getting a security licence. We have got a lot of fact sheets at the moment, which we are trying to update and get uploaded onto our website. So I'm hoping that we'll have a few more soon. Okay. Well, thanks, Jane. It's been great talking to you today. Um, You're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to traffic law. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please share it with your organisation, your colleagues and communities. If you would like to access any of the information spoken about in the episode, please see the links in the show notes below. Until next time, thanks from all of us here at the CLE branch at Legal Aid New South Wales.